0: I'm going to tell you what to expect from training camp and how Evan Ingram got the bag. I'll do all of that here today on Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. what's good good people thank you for joining me on locked on Jaguars. did y'all hear that i just got choked up i'm so happy to see y'all we appreciate y'all joining us here on locked on jaguars your team every day and we thank you for making us your first listen a quick reminder we're also available on youtube on our youtube page and you can go and see that for free you can subscribe for free and hit the bell so you get notifications whenever we have another episode and then wherever you get your podcast, if you listen to audio podcasts, just make sure you tap in every single day to make sure you don't miss an episode. What is going on to the everydayers? I am happy to know that you are here every day and any new listeners, we're glad to have you here as well. And would like to extend the invitation for you to join us here every day on Locked on Jaguars. All right, we're going to talk about training camp. I've been planning to talk about it all weekend, and then Evan Ingram goes and signs his contract Uh uh, extension with the Jaguars. So that gets rid of the franchise tag and also alleviates uh and makes a little bit more cap space and puts some money in Evan Ingram's pocket. We're going to discuss that as well. We're also, like I said, we're going to get into training camp and some of the things that I believe are critical, things that you should expect. And then in segment three, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here and say it probably won't be as much sunshine and rainbows. Uh, sunshine and rainbows as it has been in the past and that'll be because in order to elevate sometimes you gotta elevate you gotta change the way you're doing some things so it might appear that the jaguars are getting a little bit more business-like and stripped if you will uh and we'll make sure that we take a good long look at that and i'll tell you a little bit about my theory as to why i think sometimes that's necessary but In any event, let's just go ahead and discuss Evan Ingram right now, the tight end who signed as a uh, show-me-what-you-got-one-year deal last year after spending uh, the first four years of his career with the New York Giants. Well, he came here, and he showed the Jaguars, the Jaguars faithful, the fans, exactly what he was working with. Evan Ingram had a career year for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. I don't want to misquote anything, so I'll make sure I pull those stats up for you. But no, if you watch the games, you just saw a guy uh, who was used properly, who was used correctly, and uh, it it was a match made in heaven, really, with a young quarterback as well as with uh, a play caller like Doug Peterson and the things that he likes to get done. He actually uh, played five years with uh, the New York Giants. He was drafted – in 2017 had 64 catches for 722 yards and six tutties that was pretty good he was off to a pretty good start in new york he uh had 577 uh in year two dipped a little bit to 467 back up to 654 in year four and in year five a little of a subpar uh season with only 46 catches for 400 yards um 10 touchdowns in the last four years, 16 all together with New York. He had four last year here in Jacksonville. It, it feels like, and this is the difference between knowing the stats and, and knowing what you saw, it feels like he scored more touchdowns than that, but he only scored four for the Jaguars, but he had 76 catches. Averaged 10 yard, 10.5 yards a catch for 766 yards. So he averaged a first down every time he caught the ball by based by average that of course it didn't go that way all the time but you saw how doug peterson utilized him and made him such a weapon and got him in situations where he um he was a problem for a lot of people you had to figure out how you were going to guard him it probably changed the alignment that teams had on defense so getting him back sure it's a big deal now i'm on record saying that i wouldn't have um i wouldn't have franchise tagged him But the kind of money that they gave him, I'm feeling it. $24 million guaranteed, uh, a $5 million cap hit this year, uh, a three-year extension with a total amount of $41 uh, million. So let me tell you how this works out for Evan. I think it works out good for him personally because, you know, numbers aren't everything. You know, they say men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. I always say numbers don't always tell the whole story either. So what Evan got was he got two years of what would be franchise tag money. So instead of them putting a tag back on him next year and actually playing at that number, what they did was add a third year at about $17 million, uh, where I don't think, I'm not going to say he's never going to see that money, but it won't be divvied out that way. You know, nobody's going to have a $17 million cap hit. So what will happen is he'll either renegotiate at that point or if they feel like he uh, is expendable for one reason or another. Then he'll be free to hit the market again uh, after his seventh season, which puts him in his late 20s. And that's still enough time for him uh, to go and take another dip into the pool that we call and money. So it works out for him. It works out for the Jaguars because they get a low cap number this year uh, for him. And it gives them a chance to spread out whatever they were going to pay him or are going to pay him over the next couple of years they get to spread that out the amortization portion into the third season um even if they let him go you know they'll have some money accelerating into the cap but it still won't be what it would be to pay him so uh good deal good deal for him good deal for him but for this reason too this is what i was talking about stats if things go the way that i think they're going to go he's not going to catch 73 balls this year and if he does then that's cool but then that means somebody else's numbers are going to probably suffer a little bit that we think that they you know should be getting based on what they're paid christian kirk calvin ridley's presence really really affects that and then zay jones they are very intentional about what they do in practice and you see the things that they do and design for zay jones so even though everybody's moving down a notch because of calvin ridley's presence it still doesn't mean that they don't have a prominent role. And then the difference in looking at teams and guys and their numbers, uh between winning and losing, those are two totally different things. You can have a guy to put up all of these, uh, wild fantasy football numbers and the team is terrible, or you can have guys uh, that just weekly step up. It might be a different guy on a different, uh, on a different day. You know, it might not be someone who gets, um, a lot of looks and a lot of uh, weekly, like, everybody ain't going to be Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup, where they, you know, they're just going to come out and target him to death. And not saying that that's a bad thing, because it's not to have great players. But in some of these situations, what you see, man, is you saw it with Zay Jones last year. Zay would, Zay, I think one game had 150 yards receiving in the next game. he They didn't throw to him much. He probably helped that a little bit with some drops, and he wasn't the hot guy that day. But Winning cures everything nobody's gonna care as long as when your numbers call you're able to make a play That's all that people care about and if those plays lead to winning Then the numbers really won't matter. It'll be the eyeball test Just like I just said earlier It felt like he scored about eight to ten touchdowns last year and he didn't I would have lost a trivia bet Hey, you told me if you asked me a question how many touchdowns did he score last year? I would have probably said eight And he didn't he scored four the thing is, is though, I think it's when he scored them and how he scored them, and the fact that they won games, it just felt like he made a bigger contribution uh, than what he really, really did. He moved the sticks, he moved the chains. Uh, early in camp last year, he had some drop issues. They got fixed. And one thing I will tell you that it seems like the Jaguars reward. They reward work ethic. They, rewar- they reward you for doing the extra they reward you for what I, well, I i create a term their experience with you and how you conduct your business inside that building and um kudos for him he gets the gets the chance i know it's overblown when people say take care of my family well he gets a chance to take care of his family he gets a chance to uh get that financial security and be rewarded for all of that hard work so i for one am a big Fan of Evan Ingram, even though I thought they should have used the tag on Juwan Taylor. And the only reason I keep bringing that up is because there's somebody going to go, yeah, you're saying that now, but you really, really liked. You said you wouldn't franchise. Yeah, I wouldn't franchise tag him. And somebody that's credible that I know said that this is a similar deal that they offered him before, so he was smart enough to take it, and they were smart enough to leave it on the table and say, "All right, we're good to go." What does it mean moving forward? Does it mean that the Jags? Are going to have an opportunity to go out free agency now yeah but it doesn't mean that's what they're gonna do we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about training camp and then in segment three we're gonna talk about something that might look a little bit differently and, and it might not but it's just my gut feeling that when you're trying to elevate you need to do things that are gonna get you to elevate I'll talk about all of those things here in just a second on locked on Jaguars I must tell you though that these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free now i want staff to barbershop using linkedin jobs that's right i posted my position up and the next thing i know i had More than enough qualified applicants that I could take my pick. All you got to do is just add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash that's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As they say, if it don't apply, let it fly. Yeah, well, it applies here on Locked On Jaguars every single day on this beautiful day in North Florida. Getting ready for training camp. I'm going to go and see the new facility tomorrow. That's right. The Miller Electric practice fields uh for the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're taking the media on a tour. I know some people that have already taken a look-see. I wanted to wait until it was really, really complete to bug somebody to let me get in. So they're having a ribbon-cutting ceremony tomorrow. And of course, when I'm done, I'll come back and tell you everything I saw. Before we get into the football-related things about training camp, I'm going to get into the weather-related things about training camp. you damn right it's important. It's hot down here, man. It's been like... You know, I I just feel like it's been like 147 degrees outside for days, and then it rains, and when the rain stops, the humidity takes up. It's so damn hot. It rained like two inches yesterday, and uh, there's no puddles on the ground. They're gone. Just like that. Just like that. So folks want to know, man, if I come to training camp, am I going to be able to keep cool? Well, I hope. I hope the way that they built the facility with the uh, crowd cover and the fans overhead that you – are keeping cool. Sometimes fans, when they blowing you in the hot, it feels like you feel like a piece of chicken getting microwaved because, you know, you don't want that hot air all over you, man. But I, I think it'll be better. I think, you know, you have to hydrate. Make sure you hydrate when you come out to camp. Don't be so excited to see the team that you don't hydrate because if you're watching practice, you'll notice that they are hydrating. So you should probably be doing the same thing. And In fact, hydrate before you get out there is a suggestion that I'd like to um to give y'all because that's what i'm gonna do but hopefully everyone will get a chance and and love the new practice facility and uh hopefully the players love the new weight room and and all of the things that separate them from everybody else there's a lot of stuff that's always going on inside of that stadium when we go over there so hopefully this will give them um a little bit of comfort we don't want them too comfortable because we we want them to feel like there's work to do so Hopefully what we see in training camp, man, is uh, one thing we don't want to see. Let me get to that. The I-word. Anybody that knows what the I-word is, I'm going to say it one time. Injuries. We don't want to see that, especially at critical positions. Those things can derail an entire season. Uh, I want to see the competition at several positions. One that I want everyone to pay attention to is the slot corner position. And the reason why is because there's been so much talk about them not going after, say, a C.J. Gardner-Johnson or somebody that has the experience to be an upgrade and play in the slot and not really uh, be a liability. One thing I did notice, and and, and and I noticed it on the roster, that they are – I got it right here. They're a bunch of guys, a boatload of body types that really, really do fit What the Jaguars need at the slot, so I really think that what they're absolutely doing is they're betting on themselves. They're betting on the ability to evaluate players more than just let's just say go out and just buying the obvious. Because when you go out and spend money on the obvious, you are getting something that that's for sure. But if the more sure you are about it, the more you got to pay for it, right? So the Jaguars are taking this approach that they're gonna find their own slot guy, and I like that approach. Um, I think that there's just so much at stake for being able to um, advance and take that next step that sometimes when they don't do things and they prioritize other things, it just really feels like they're just taking a two a, a, an unnecessary risk to show everybody how smart they are. Right. But guess what? That's really a part of the job. They really have to go out, evaluate and do the things that, they have to do and i applaud them for that because if you keep going out and buying everybody else's players and when you the production that you get from those guys it's it's expensive instead of them you know they feel like okay uh, what was that jay-z song he said i heard people claim they made whole made whole say okay so make another hole right so a lot of these teams that lose these slot players or lose their third edge rusher or lose uh, anybody to free agency. They're like, all right, we got another one. Yeah, watch, boom, we got a guy right here. And you know what? We, if he gets too expensive, we we got another one behind him. It, it's like, it's like Kyle Shanahan with running backs. It just seems like he always finds one, right? But then when they did go out and get one, they went, and, they went and got the cream of the crop. They went and got a Lamborghini, you know. They didn't go out to use used car lot and buy somebody's car that got 90,000 miles on it. that used to be a rental car. They got Christian McCaffrey. And even though he used to be somebody else's, Christian McCaffrey can still play, especially when you surround him with a sound scheme and all of those other good players. So as I take a sip of my little liquid here, but the main thing is develop your own guys. And they believe that they have an ability to do that. And I'm going to sit here and watch it. So, right now on the uh roster that we were given in uh during otas there are 10 corners 10 10 corners now uh in terms of guys that they hope and i believe that they think will actually uh, be able to compete outside and inside and make make these uh make the roster and be able to play inside on the slot so I'm going to go through a few of these names and I'm going to tell you who some of these body types are uh, that they have and let you look out for them. And I'm going to also give you the coinciding numbers that go along with the names in case you don't. Everybody knows that they got Chris Clay books. Happy birthday. Shout out to Chris Clay, Clay Brooks, it's his birthday today. Um, he's built like a guy who can play the slides really, really fast. Maybe they ought to give him a shot. Maybe they have in the past and they, and, and they still believe that there's more work to do. How about D Wilson? It's D-I-V-A-A-D. It's two A's. D Wilson, six feet one ninety-five from UCF. Uh should be a very familiar name to a lot of people. Shout out to John Shipley, uh UCF grad. Tavon Campbell, six feet two hundred. Monteric Brown, we know him. He was here last year at Arkansas second year player. Um Greg Jr. Is Greg Jr. gonna be able to um, to make a, a little bit of noise at that. Position. Junior's number 34. Devon Wilson's 25. Um, You know, Clay Brooks is six. Trey, Tavon Campbell is number 29. Christian Braswell intrigues me. Rookie out of Rutgers. I, I watched his fluidity. He's a very, very fluid athlete, an extremely fluid athlete. And he looks, uh, sort of looks the part. I'm going to discuss this, another position or two for you guys to watch out for. And then something that I think should happen as we get uh, going in training camp and the Jaguars absolutely try to push and elevate. And I think that there's something that is a different requirement that you have to do in order to do that. I'll tell you all about it here in just a second on Lockdown Jaguars. All right, segment number three here on Locked On Jaguars. We thank you so much for joining us and making us your first listen because it's your team every day. Shout out to LinkedIn. If you're looking to hire people or you're looking to get hired, make sure you tap into linkedin.com slash Locked On NFL. We were talking about the slot, the corner. Of course, Trey Herndon, everyone knows Trey's number 37. He's back. Caleb Hayes. He's number 43. He's number 43 on defense because somebody actually has 43 on offense. So those are the names, man. They got a lot of body types, a lot of athletic-looking dudes. Um, It's going to be fun to watch the beginning of camp, but then it's going to be also fun to watch once they transition from shorts into the pads and they start getting physical. That's when you're going to really, really see if somebody's going to be able to step up and make play, you know, they'll have the eye in the sky. We, you know, we don't, we're not privy to that tape and we're not privy to those things that they look at when they evaluate, but you will see guys make plays. And then you can see the way veterans respond to those guys. If it's, if it's a young guy and it will give you an idea that he's a little bit on the rise. So I'm going to watch and see who's actually, or who's able to do that. The other thing I'm going to watch for is, how did they transition from playing well in practice and then actually doing it in a preseason game? And those things are going to be critical to, to, to figure out if they got the right guy. I want to watch those edge rushers, man. I want to watch the edge rushers. And we've talked about that at Nauseam. I want to see uh, the the leadership of both Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. And then I want to see who's playing behind them. I know that everyone already knows that Deshaun Dixon is going to be able to get it done. Um He was here a year ago, played really, really well. Uh, So I want to check him out. Jordan Smith is going to be an intriguing watch. He's going to be the tallest guy out there playing at outside linebacker. So that'll give you something to look at. And then Ventrell Miller inside. I want to see if Ventrell Miller can Shaq Quarterman and um, Devin Lloyd and Chad Moomer, can they they hold him off? Ventrell was the best player on Florida's defense last year in college. And while the – The measurables are a little bit different. You know, he's six feet tall, about 230 pounds. So he's not the biggest guy, but he's a pure football player who has a lot of instincts. So I want to see those positions. We're going to talk more about other positions. Of course, the offensive line and all of that. We'll do that. We'll sprinkle those in throughout the week. But I want to discuss this for a few minutes before I let y'all go. I really, really, really am intrigued The one thing that has happened here a lot since Doug Peterson has been the the coach, one of the things that's really happened here has been uh, the difference in the way that Doug Peterson treats everyone. Um, Very nice, not overly nice, like soft, but very cordial, but you still see it's all about business. Like, if you walk on the field and you're not supposed to, he'll say, hey, man, what are you doing? Get off the field. So, like, don't think that he's some sort of a pushover. So I wonder this year, now that he's established the trust, now that he's totally gotten the stink of uh, Urban Meyer out of the locker room, and I don't really mean it, Urban like had a body odor or anything. I just mean... Y'all know what I mean. If you if you know, you know, right? Just that that whole feeling and and making a playoff run and getting rid of all of that rigmarole and foolishness that was going on here with Urban Meyer. Now, once and since he's gotten that off and gotten that out, if y'all remember last year, I asked him a question. I said, "Hey, man, are you ever going to push him and go harder than you have to?" He says, "Once I earn their trust. Once I earn their trust, you know." and 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 you know they they were broken man they were broken and now that that has been sort of forgotten at least by us and i think probably with the experience of a whole year for this team and with all of the good things and the leadership and trevor lawrence and his impact and are we ever going to have one of those moments this year where in order to elevate i gotta remind you that you gotta keep digging I gotta remind you that you haven't arrived yet i gotta remind you that we gotta fight i gotta remind you that we gotta square up on each other every single day because that's gonna prepare us for what goes on uh as we try to elevate because while you're trying to elevate there's going to be resistance the tennessee titans are going to resist they signed deandre Hopkins yesterday and if you add him to a team that already has derrick henry you're talking about physical freaks right and then you think about Kevin Bayard on the other side, along with Jeffrey Simmons. It's not easy. And those teams aren't necessarily going to just relax. Why you say, okay, the Jaguars have arrived. So we're all afraid now. We're just going to get out of the way. You think the Chiefs don't see you coming? You think the Bills and the Bengals are just sitting there going, uh, no, they're sitting there saying, not yet. You ain't here yet. I think about Steph Curry when he told the Sacramento King. Now, y'all ain't ready yet. Y'all ain't built for this. Not yet. There's a, there's another level to go to. And sometimes in order to get to those other levels, there's some static. And there's some pressure, right? How do you bend steel? You make it hot. That's how you bend it, it, right? What bust pipes? Pressure. So as you elevate, will there be a little bit of strife? Will will there be a little bit of chippiness? Just a little, not a whole bunch. I think there might be. So I'm going to watch very closely and intently on body language. What kind of camp is it? I remember the camps under Tom Coughlin. Intense. I remember some of the camps under Doug Marone. Intense. A little out of control sometimes, but still. So what what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch out for that a little bit. And not try to manufacture it. Not just sit here and hope and wish for trouble. Because when I see stuff like that happen, I don't always think it's bad. I think it's we're trying to get to another level we're trying to raise up we're trying to go somewhere and we have to mentally and physically prepare these guys for what they're going to try to do because there's a lot of there's a lot of resistance i always liken it to when i played football in high school it was always the more talent you got i think the harder the coach pushed and when i was in the military every time you want to raise to another level it always seemed like You got to be careful what you ask for. It's like, okay, I want elevation. All right, you want elevation? Well, I got to build your muscles up for that next level. So these little things you have to go through sometimes, all it is is lessons. It's not losses, it's lessons. And so it's not like I'm looking for anything negative, but I am sometimes looking for manufactured pressure and stress that prepares you to be able to meet pressure and stress head on so i'm gonna look for it a little bit this year guys are trying to make the team They're gonna be 35 dudes that ain't gonna never make this team right something like that if you have 90 and you're gonna get down to 53 and then maybe a 10-man practice squad or whatever so you're looking at some dudes and then there's gonna be some guys that's gonna that's not here in training camp they're gonna be here will they take some of the new money that they have with the Evan Ingram deal, and will they take some of that and go out and get another edge rusher? I think if they start camp and and those guys are not looking sufficient, that's exactly what they'll be able to do. So there's gonna be competition. There's gonna be guys that are gonna try to lift this thing up. And and sometimes if if you have a little dust up in training camp, last year there was a dust up that involved Chris Claybrooks and uh Laquan Treadwell. I remember. Sometimes those things happen. It's football, man. It's football. So we have to see if there's a difference coming from Doug Peterson and a difference coming from um, all of the coaches because now everybody knows each other. We've cooked the marshmallows. And now we want to eat. We got to go out here and kill something. We got to go out here in these woods and find that boar. Or we got to do it. The only way you do that is with intentional toughness and focus. So I want to see what happens. All right, just to – recap things we just talked about how they're going to push to elevate the Jags in the future a little bit will it be a little bit of a personality transplant going on uh things to expect from training camp some of the matchups we'll continue to uh tap on that every single week and then Evan Ingram getting his bag and getting paid and how it affects the Jaguars now and in the future all right make sure you tap in every single day here on Lockdown Jaguars where it's your team every day we thank you for making us your first listen until next time i always say take care of each other and i'll see you tomorrow.